Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another stellar episode of the Caesar Show. Yes, this is episode 42. You know, I was going to wait to release an episode this up and coming Monday, uh, but, you know, today I'm in a great mood, so I figured why not, right? Uh, so now for the, now for first and foremost, I want to give thanks to all of my viewers. Um, I hope you enjoy listening to the Caesar Show just as much as I love releasing this content to you all, which is very, very fire. Um, before we get into today's topics, you know, I just want to, you know, get the show started, you know, recapping last week's episode, episode four. 41, which happened to be my most favorite, personal, memorable episode. I had a very special guest who was live calling. I'm talking about an international basketball skills trainer for the NBA, WNBA, and EuroLeague, Coach Tim Springer, who's based in San Antonio. Obviously, you guys know I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan, but based in San Antonio, Texas, he worked with players like Danny Green, CJ Miles, who are vital, vital pieces to the Toronto Raptors right now. So we chopped it up for a bit. You know, I got a chance to get to learn a little bit more about him on a human level and also just talk about his training program. And, you know, we had to talk about the hottest topics in the NBA of last week, which included the new era of basketball, the Red Hot Raptors, LeBron's impatience with the Lakers. Tyron Lugan fire RIP Rockets and the Wizards struggling Rose going for 50 among other players going for 50 let's go D Rose um, now I suggest if you haven't listened to that episode pause what you're doing right now and go back to it it's fire content you're going to want to listen to it you're going to want to check it out but enough of that on this week's episode I have a local guest to one of my boys Trey from VCU so without further ado ladies and gentlemen make some noise for Trey what up, what up? It's Trey. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Happy to be here. What's up, C? How you doing, bro? What's good, what's good, what's good with you, boy? It's, it's been a while, man. I tried to get you on, I think, the episode before, before that, but things always come full circle, so I'm glad that you're here, man. You know what that is? That's a lack of transportation, man. I use the feet to get everywhere, two feet everywhere, <laughs> so it takes me about 20 minutes to get ready, and then from there, whether I'm walking or Ubering, you already know, but, but hey, we're here. I'm happy that you have me. Glad to be here, man. So, hey, let's do this, man. Let's take off, man. For sure, for sure. Let's definitely take off, man. This has been, this has been a pretty exciting season so far at the NBA, right? It's been interesting. Uh, where Just where the drama comes from. Like, I saw D. Rose get that 50, bro. When I almost, take, I almost cried, like, I almost had 50. You know, it's like senior night, and you score 50 on your senior night or something like that, bro. I'm just excited for D. Rose. Uh, the drama in the West, the new resurgence of the East. Uh, Kawhi's actually playing basketball. That, mm-hmm. that babbles my mind. I feel like I haven't seen Kawhi in forever, and he's doing great. It's crazy. For sure, for sure, for sure. So without further ado, let's get into today's hot topics. But before we actually get into it, I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I just want I, I just want to you know highlight a book I read you know this past week, The Mamba Mentality. Um, you know by yours truly, Kobe. Bean Bryant, um, such a great, great book, which follows his 20-year NBA career with stellar, candid photos from Andrew Bernstein. For those of you guys who don't know who Andrew Bernstein is, he's uh, one of the Lakers' personal photographers and essentially followed Kobe's Bryant 20-year career in the NBA, among other players as well, too. But most notable for Kobe Bryant, this book is great, like I said, called Mama Mentality, um, and, and it just... You just get another outlook on Kobe, him talking about his personal issues he's battled and, you know, just going above more, more above, um, you know, basketball itself. And he actually talks about, you know, his techniques on things he's done before, too. Um, So when I when I read this book, I think of there's certain words that come to mind, detail. 
Um, with him, his attention to detail was just off the roof. Like this is a guy who's truly a student of the game, someone who constantly wanted to learn more and more and more, always went to, you know, people who came before him or people who were, you know, in the league that were great, always wanted to get to know something about them, about their game, the, their, the way they envisioned the game. So it was great. You know, with him, he's always very obsessive, you know, whether that mean, you know, putting sleep aside, whether that mean, you know, putting that, you know, partying aside or even spending time with his family. He said, yo, I got to hoop first because I want to be great. Um, but there's so many notable quotes, so many notable lines, so many notable of everything. Um, and I think that you guys should definitely check that out. You know, it's a five star, very, very easy read. It's only 200 pages, um, but it's filled with, like I said, with a lot of a lot of photos. Um, so very easy. read. probably like a couple paragraphs each page. Five star. Go check it out. Anyways, let's start into today's hot topics. First thing I want to talk about is trouble in L.A. Um, the Lakers currently stand at four and six. Um, and this past Sunday, they got their asses kicked <laughs> by the Toronto Raptors, which was crazy. And what was crazy about Trey was it was without Kawhi Leonard. You know what I'm saying? They lost 121 to 107. And in the first quarter, I was watching the game live. First quarter, they were down 42 to 17. Like, I thought this game was going to be so great that I, I actually had two games going on. I had this game going on. And I had the Patriots, Packers, you know, A. Roberts, Brady going on. Put that joint on mute just to watch this. I thought Kawhi was going to play first and foremost, but he hurt his ankle. Um, but yeah, they were down 42 17 at the end of the first quarter. Serge Ibaka, out of all people, had 34 Yikes. and 10. Um, Siakam at 16. Kyle Lowry had 21 to 15. Danny Green. Was feeling hot from Trey. Um, it was it, it was it was it was sad to watch. Um, I just feel like I just feel like the Lakers um, they just don't play no defense, um, and I just feel like they just they don't communicate as much, and they just don't know their rotation. They don't know when to switch. They don't know what to do with anything. Um, and my question for you, Trey, is should the Lakers be panicking when I say that? Should Luke panic? Because mind you, Magic had a talk with Luke about their defense, one-on-one joint. Um, he told the media, he told the L.A. press that Luke was fine for now, but if something bad happens, then he might be gone. Um, and then you know the history of LeBron James can be a little diva. He's got a couple coaches fired before. So what are your thoughts on the current Lakers? What should they do? Should they panic? Should Luke Walton stay? What are your thoughts? Well, well first off, I think you have to, if you're the Lakers, you have to sit down and decide who you want to be. If you're Magic Johnson... Who do you want your team to be? Do you want your team to be a West Coast team or you want your team to be an East Coast team? Because if you're talking about defense, you're talking about the Eastern Conference. You're not talking about the West Coast Conference. That's not happening. Nobody's playing defense on the West side of the United States if they're talking about the National Basketball League. <laughs> That's not happening, bro. The defenses play in the East. LeBron and the Cavs used to play defense. The Heat used to play defense. The Celtics used to play defense. They have a great coach with Brad Stevens over there. He's talking about defensive strategy. Dwayne Casey made Toronto Raptors and now the Detroit Pistons to play defense. The West Coast is not playing defense. What do you do on the West Coast? You shoot threes. You put up points. Why? Because the Warriors are in that conference. You're not going to beat the Warriors playing defense because you can't guard that. Not in today's NBA. Now do, you, now, do you think, sorry for cutting you off, now do you think it's because there's more talent in the West you know, there's more talent to go around that it would, they are, they are going to score more points. They won't play as much defense because there's just so much talent. There's, of course, there's more scoring talent. The way the Rockets are set up is the way the whole West is set up. And it's hard for the East to keep up with that. Because speaking, uh, principle speaking, the East is still on the old school type basketball. That, that's what their setup is for. That's how they play. That's why the East is not exciting year after year. You know when it gets exciting? When LeBron breaks the Raptors and sweeps the Raptors every year. What happens in the, in the Western Conference? People shoot. They score 130 points a night. That's what happens. 
So my question for you, going back to it, should Luke be on the hot seat right now? What do you think it would take for him to possibly get fired? Uh, you know what? Just in a situation he's in, it's not a good situation for him because if Magic Johnson wants you to play defense, again, you're in the wrong conference for it. And it, it, he would but what to- about a team like Denver? What about a team like Utah? They're playing pretty damn good defense right now. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's just a, a Lakers organizational thing. And you know what? I think Luke will have to get in trouble with the owner over there. I think she would have to get in trouble with Jeannie Buss because I heard I heard a rumor that Jeannie Buss is protecting Luke with the blood of Christ right now. Like <laughs> Magic might think some stuff about him. LeBron might already be coaching that team right now, but mm-hmm. I think she's gonna protect the heck out of Luke Walton. And I think you have to rock with Luke Walton for at least for at least midway through the season just to see how it goes. And I don't think he's a bad coach. He did it without LeBron over there. He's you're guiding those young players, but again, they're young. It's a makeshift team right now. Everybody's on a one year contract over there. Everybody except for LeBron. Yeah, um, and just to go back from a piggyback off that, like I, I personally think um, he's definitely going to be on the hot seat. But if if I'm a coach, let's say I get fired and they're trying to find another coach, I wouldn't want to find another coach midway through the season. With me, I want to implement everything during training camp, you know, during NBA preseason, basically have that culture already intact. I don't want to start basically from scratch halfway through. Now, LeBron got away with it easy because he was in the East. You know, he didn't have to worry about no one. Had David Black, then had, you know, Tyron Luchon transition over. But this is the West. In the West, you know, when you lose a game, you could go from the sixth seed. You can go from the third seed all the way to the tenth seed. Like, it's, it's like that over there. So, I agree with you. I think he should play. I think you should just play out this year because no one has any expectations. This is the first year that LeBron James has no expectations to get to the finals. His his biggest expectation for this year, his hopes this year should be getting into the playoffs, potentially winning one round, probably losing to Golden State or losing to Houston. That's fine. And then show how promising the Lakers can be so they can attract that marquee free agent. And my question to you is, if they did get rid of Luke Walton, who would you hire? At this point, who would you hire out of everybody on the face of the planet Earth and on this side of the asteroid belt? Who would you hire other than Luke Walton? Well, this is a new era, so there's a lot of, you know, there's definitely a lot of run and gun, and there's definitely a lot of shooting. There's no more slow pace in the game. So, in the perfect world, I would say, you know, (laughs) Coach Phil Jackson. Oh, my goodness. But the triangle's no longer a thing anymore. There may be different variations of it on a small scale, but nah. Um, But I'm not. Phil don't get along either. Yeah, they they don't. Oh, yeah, he called him a bum. It's posse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not happening. I I forgot all about that. But, um, man, to, to answer your question, uh, I was actually watching First Take the other day, and apparently Stephen A. Smith got some word that you know they're looking at players. I mean, coaches possibly like a Mark Jackson, um, a Jason Kidd, and even a Tyron Lue. First and foremost, I'm not going with Tyron Lue. Like I said, LeBron was the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I don't think Tyron Lue is going to help the, this team have a defensive identity because if you look at Cleveland's past couple years, they were the worst defensive team in. In, in the whole league. Oh. And a lot of people like to say, oh, yeah, the Celtics, they were looking really good. Like, you I, you better take them. You better take Cleveland seven games if you got the worst defense. Like, I, I don't care, like, who you are. That's why they won seven games against Indiana, too. Toronto, we're going to leave that for another day. Um, but I'll probably have to say maybe Mark Jackson. Um, 
that's the only one available right now. Mark Jackson, because um, he's actually someone that LeBron respects. I feel like the players would buy into him, and he's a very, very vocal, personable guy. Um, and he, and he, he, he's the type of player that, you know, well, not the type of player, I'm so sorry. He's the type of coach that demands a lot out of everyone. And if he can demand that respect from LeBron, I think it's going to trickle down all the way. So I think that would possibly be the best coach. What are your thoughts? The thing that scares me about Mark Jackson, which he's an amazing coach, is that the whole he did all the work at Golden State and who has all the rings right now? Steve Kerr. Yeah. And it's crazy because they won 50 games too. They won 50 games and they got rid of him. Why? I don't know. Is Mar- And then is Mark Jackson going to be able to survive in a market like L.A.? Does he want to coach in a, in a big-time market like that? It's crazy because I was just talking to one of my boys the other day. Like, this is what I'm seeing with Toronto right now. Sorry, I'm going off topic. You had Dwayne Casey, who was coach of the year. They won a career-high 59 games to Toronto Raptors. And you fire him, you know, in the playoffs because they didn't. There's In my mind, I was like, Kyrie left. Isaiah's gone. D-Way got traded. D-Rose gone. Crowder's gone. LeBron has BS around him. So I didn't even expect for him to get to the finals, but I knew he was that great that he could. So I expected Toronto to get all the way to the finals. Like, this is your this is your year. Um, he got fired, and they got Nick Hurt, Nick Nurse, who is a damn good coach. So um, to answer your question, can Mark Jackson do it? I don't know because – it's just too early to tell. Like, like we we don't know what this team is going to be constructed. Like, we don't even know if they're going to be, you know, having trades over there. Do you do you even think that they should trade right now? I was thinking, I like Lonzo. I think he's promising. Obviously, mm-hmm. LeBron's there for four years. Um, I like JaVale McGee. He's cool. I like Lance. He's cool. Um, and I like Kuzma a lot. With Ingram, I don't really know. I think I would possibly use Ingram as trade bait and try to get someone. Yeah. Would you trade anyone or would you just let the season pan out? Because right now it's like they have the talent, but they don't know how to. I mean, I, not that they don't know how to play together. The biggest thing, honestly, to me is their defense. Luke Wall figuring out who he wants to end the game with, with the rotation. Um, and them being young and not knowing how to win. Growth takes time. And that's going to be the Lakers if they're going to do it for the long haul. And in no way – and. In no scenario has Magic Johnson said this is a process. Mm. He said we're gonna do this, we're gonna go out and we're gonna get some superstars. But he didn't. He never said it was gonna be a process. So I wouldn't be surprised if they stripped their whole roster, even some of the young boys too, like uh, Ingram, sending Ingram away, sending some bench players away, giving up some draft picks. I would not be surprised. He never said it's a process. What he said is he was gonna win. He's gonna have LeBron in here. He's gonna get another superstar. And I believe that. I'm not. I don't think they're going to wait for anybody to mature at all. Yeah. So right now it's basically everyone. Maybe that's another thing, too. Everyone probably have, you know, they're in L.A., which is the biggest market, the most winning franchise in the NBA. So I'm sure these players are like us, millennials, always on their phone, always listening to what's next, what's the news. And they probably hear trade rumors all the time. So I feel like right now there's more so them not playing for each other, but them playing to stay on the Lakers, basically auditioning to see who's going to stay with LeBron next year. So maybe that's messing with them, too. I really don't know. Because um, you see you, you see glimpses of what they can be, then you see some glimpses like, yo, like, let's play team ball. Like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, that's facts. It's, it's really like, from an integrity standpoint, and you know when parents have just been on their kids the whole time, <laughs> like been on their case, and sometimes you're like, I just can't get right, or they can't get right. Maybe some of the players on the Lakers feel like they can't get right. I feel like what Magic Johnson and what LeBron, if LeBron's doing this, really need to do is step back, lead lead a room for a second, and just watch from a distance. 
Watch from a distance. And that might be what LeBron's doing a little bit. You know, I think, and I think he's doing that right now, too, because normally, I think, like, he's been pretty passive about things. And with him, like I told you before, he is that type of player who he demands the highest out of, NBA, uh, out of his coaches. He gets in their face and all that. I feel, I feel like he's sitting back, letting everything unfold itself because he doesn't want to get the blame saying, oh, LeBron's uncoachable. Like, nice. that will be a bad rap. You nice. know what I'm saying? So I think he's going to let everything pan out. And if Luke Walton get fired, he get fired. If they start winning, he wins. At the end of the day, LeBron said, it's not on me. I think for the first time in his career, LeBron's really sitting back and just being a basketball player. Like, he's mentoring and stuff like that, but he's not having to coach the team. He's not having to overall. He's sitting back. He's being a basketball player. He's being a player on the team with the rest of the people. Now, when he needs to ramp it up, he will. I think he realizes that this might not be the year where he has to take control and go control and go LeBron God mode. He can just go ahead and play basketball and he can relax until he sees what he has. And then when it's go time, LeBron can switch it on. He's cruising with he's averaging like what twenty seven a game, twenty eight a game right 20, now. Like twenty eight seven and seven. Easy. So. He's doing it easy. That's on cruise control. And so LeBron's not I gonna like his defense though. <laughs> we can talk about it for another day. Nobody knows what's his playing defense. It's cool LeBron. <laughs> LeBron's not playing defense. <laughs> Anyways, continue what you were saying. No, nah, no, nah, but I'm just saying LeBron I think LeBron's enjoying or being a player right now in LA. And then when it's time for him to go back to, to LeBron the God mode, he will, whether it be at the turning point of this season, around the All-Star break, around Christmas, or when it comes next season, when it's really go time, when they have the roster that's more favorable to maybe compete with a Golden State or a Houston Rockets, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so LeBron, you know, it's cool to be on Cruising Show. I saw you on TMZ the other day with your wife going to Diddy's party and whatnot. That's cool. Everybody can chill and whatnot, but... Come on, man. Play some defense. Be great. But at the end of the day, it's only been 10 games, so it's only one eighth of the season. Who cares? Anyways, <laughs> Russell Westbrook and OKC Thunder played the Pelicans this past Monday and managed to win 122-116. to 116. Um, Even though it was a loss for the Pelicans, it was also a loss for OKC as well because with four minutes to go in the third quarter, Russell Westbrook was going for a rebound um, and he landed on Anthony Davis' foot pretty, pretty bad. Um, And I knew it was bad because it just brought me back to memory lane when um, Beverly in the playoffs a couple years ago basically – intentionally injured Westbrook's uh, you know, uh, MCL. And I remember when Westbrook was on the ground, he slammed his hand on the floor, the hardwood floor, and he did the same thing um, this past Monday. So I knew when I saw that joint live, I knew it was over. Like, I knew it was over. I thought at first it was a knee, but the results came back negative, and it's a pretty high ankle sprain. So we'll see what's good with that. He had to get help back in the locker room, um, and we'll see what's good. So my question for you is um, – you think this is going to be a first question? Just just talk about this question. We'll answer this question. Do you think it's going to be a problem for Westbrook career moving forward? You know, he just had a meniscus tear a couple years ago. He had like his third operation on the same knee. Um, then he hurts his ankle, and you know, I read Mama Mentality guys, mm-hmm. and basically with your ankle itself, if your ankle is not stable, that causes more problems for your body. Um, so, what are your thoughts on his career moving forward? Do you think this should be? Do you think that this should be a concern, or you think you think he's going to be fine? Uh, he's such an athletic guy and such an explosive player. You always uh, take into account his health of his legs, just like a Derrick Rose or anybody that plays with that much athleticism. But at this point in the season, 
What do you do if you're the OKC organization? You rest, you rest, you rest, you rest. You put them on ice. Put them in a freaking hyperbolic time chamber. DBZ reference. <laughs> DBZ reference. <laughs> you already know. But put them in a time chamber and let them stay there until the playoffs come. You guys will be in playoff contention no matter what. Mm-hmm. I, what, I, what I feel like. It's the West. It's, okay, it's the wild, wild west. Yeah, you It's wild. the wild, wild west. It's like 12 teams that are actually good this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you That's wild. facts. <laughs> but until it's really a concern... Yo, rest him. Don't don't play with your franchise. Right now, that's your franchise. When you chose to break up the Harden, Durant, Westbrook era, all that stuff like that, Westbrook has been your franchise, and he's been wanting to be there the whole time, good or bad on Westbrook's part, or good or bad as far as the kind of player he is, if he's going to lead this team to a championship down the line or not. But you have to rest him. You have to rest him. Let PG and the boys play. That's Let them figure it out. Too. Yeah, you got Paul George, who just signed a four-year max deal with them, who it was a very, very small sample size. But Why West, you signed that deal? Because he want to play with Russ. He didn't want to go to L.A.? I think he, I think he truly wanted to go to LA, but Russ just LeBron, has man. that effect. I, I think that too, and I think he didn't want to play under LeBron because with LeBron, he's never bashed that. It's always what his supporting cast is not doing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think PG wanted that. And at the same time, I, I truly think him and Russ built a good friendship. Just picture yeah. you on Indiana, I'm Russ. Yeah, we cool as shit. You know, we met each other um, a couple times. Team USA, then we actually have a whole year to bond together. And okay. you know how talented you are. You know how talented I am. You're probably gonna be like, damn. You know, what I'm saying like. If things went a different way, you know, if if you know this is our first year together, we we saw what we can become. We're that talented, and you know, the uh, GM is pretty damn good, and you know, always you know trying to acquire some good players as well too. So the 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 the, the, the franchise is always going to be put in position to be competitive. So you know, maybe they just had that bond, and you know, just want to play together. Me personally, if I'm Paul George, I was probably going to go to Philly. Because I don't know what's good with Markel Fultz. Um, I don't really know what that jump is going to look like. Ben Simmons looked like he's light years away from getting that respectable jumper. So basically, you just got Embiid just going ham right now, averaging like 30 and 10 right now. But Paul George would have been that perfect player in that system for the Philadelphia 76ers. That's where I would have went. And you know what? You know another reason why I think... PG didn't go straight to LA. This is before the whole LeBron saga because they think they offered him. They wanted him to come before LeBron even signed and said he was going out there. That, we all thought he was going yeah. there. I never thought that LeBron would go to LA until it was the summertime before free agency. Until I realized, oh, he has a lot of business over in yeah. LA. He's doing a lot within the film industry and whatnot, so it makes sense. LeBron in his bag. LeBron okay, okay. in his bag. But bro. back to the topic. I think one person decided why. PG didn't go to LA by himself. One person, one person, and that person is Victor Oladipo. You see the success that Victor Oladipo had. Okay, he uh-huh. the success that Victor Oladipo had at Indiana. He took LeBron James to six or seven games in the Eastern Conference over there. And if PG went to LA and he didn't have similar success after a year at OKC. And them not doing too much with Melo, with Westbrook, and he went to L.A., his hometown, and didn't do anything? Dude, Victor Oladipo's over there showing you up, your old hometown. You were the number one option. Now Victor Oladipo's doing whatever he wants. He's the man. Dude's singing, dancing, and he's scoring buckets on the best player in the NBA in the world that we've seen since Jordan. I mean, we're not going to start that debate. But 
Victor Oladipo really made him think about going to play by himself again. That's what I think. Mm. And right now, Indian Panthers are third in the East, I believe, and they're looking pretty damn good, more improved from last year. And like you said, with Oladipo, man, it's, it's, it's just a great story to hear from. You got a guy who... To me, it was going to be like a poor man's D-Wade. Um, and then he got traded over to OKC. You know, obviously, he was with Russ, so he had to be second fiddle. Didn't really know how to adjust with that. I think he didn't want to step over anything with him. Um, but he truly learned how to be great from him. And then, you know, being traded, that put more fire and desire into him. And then, like you said, he played seven, game, seven games against LeBron James. You're going up against greatness for seven games. You're going, to, you're going to learn something from him, you know what I'm saying? So I think that just fueled him, and he fueled his team. And that's why they're playing at such a high level right now. So props to Oladipo. And one thing I want to say is, like you said, rest, rest, rest. I would definitely rest Russell Westbrook. And I looked at the upcoming schedule right now. You know, they start off 0-4. And now they won five straight, I believe. So they're five and four. Um, but their next upcoming games are pretty winnable without Westbrook. They're playing the Cavs right now. Bro. They're playing Houston, who's still trying to figure out who they are. They're playing Dallas after that. Phoenix after that. The Knicks after that. Wow. Phoenix again after that. Sacramento after that. And then around the 19th or 20th, they play the Warriors. So. Hey, Rush, you're not playing until Christmas, bro. <laughs> hey, I don't. I mean, I don't know how severe it is. In, 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 in his case, he's a freak-ass athlete. So I don't really know um, when he's going to be ready. But like you said, like if they can win these games and just stay above 500, I think they're going to be in good hands. And it's crazy because Russell's actually playing pretty damn efficient so far. Like He normally shoots like 43, 42 to 44% from the field. He actually shooting about 49% from the field. And yeah. he's, his decision-making was you know, pretty good as, aside from the Celtics game. We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see. So you think OKC is in good hands with PG? Uh, I think they're in good hands in the place in the season that they're in okay. with PG. Okay, so you're, you're in a nice neighborhood, all right? <laughs> Uh, you got a nice kid driving the car. You're, you're in good hands, so he's fine. You're in a nice neighborhood. You're not in the hood, okay? When you go back to the hood, take Russell Westbrook with you. Do not go to the hood without Russell Westbrook and who he knows in the hood. But while you're in this neighborhood, you're fine. Take a stroll, go to the park, do whatever you got to do. But when you're back in that hood, you back with them boys, okay? Durant, Curry, Clay, and, and Draymond, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, t- take, take Russell Westbrook, all right? But right now, they're, they're straight. For sure, for sure. Um, so moving on, the Rockets may have a defensive survival. Um, revival, I'm sorry. You know, we have another DBZ reference. I think <laughs> the Rockets just got back their sensu bean. You like that? You like, like that? Yeah, like yeah. Like so when I say that, um, Jeff Bizdelic, who was the Rockets associate associate head coach and defensive coordinator for the past two seasons. Basically, after the season was over, he retired. Um, and then this year, obviously, this offseason, they they lost Trevor Ariza. They re-upped on Chris Paul. So you couldn't really pay Trevor Ariza or Mbamute. Um, and they added Carmelo Anthony. So they got, on paper, better offensively, but they lost a step defensively. And we've seen that this year. I think right now they only won about three games. Um, Harden just came back. They uh, they won two games with him. I think one, one against Indiana, another one against, I think, Phoenix or whatever. But... 
the defense doesn't seem the same. And last year, I felt like with uh, Jeff Bezelik, what they preached starting from training camp is switching, 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 switching. Like, I heard every um, practice was very intense defensively. That's why they were the team that was up 3-2 against the Warriors as opposed to any other team in the Western Conference. This year, they kind of looked like they lost themselves a little bit. Um, and it's showing right now. is They actually look very, very bad defensively as well. Um, so, Fizdelic, um, he's Bizdelic, I'm sorry. He's supposed to come back towards the end of November. And hopefully he can get that team back on track. So obviously they don't have wing defenders like in Ariza, like in Mute. So I really want to see, and I'm really curious to you know figure out is that actually going to make a difference? What are your thoughts? Um, so I got a few things. I got a few things. First, when did NBA turn into the NFL where you need defensive coordinators? Why why can't why can't the head coach and I and I'm blanking on his name right now? Uh, help me out here. But but uh, you know I'll let you figure it out. Ah, uh, dang. I, I kind of forgot right now. That's ah, like, dang, it's all right. Oh, but, wait, wait, wait. Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni. See, I forgot he even had a coach because all they do is shoot. But, again, why why can't he teach defense to pro basketball players? Why do you need a defensive coordinator? This is not the NBA. And I understand people specialize and stuff. You I know mean, every team I mean, has a not defensive NFL. coordinator, right? I, I, I understand that. I understand that. But it just it kind of it blows my mind sometimes. It, Ah, uh, okay. Back to it though. Back to it. Back to it. This is a new NBA. Like I said a little bit earlier, this is a new NBA. And to really defend a team like the Warriors, who's a super team, who I think is might be a once in the NBA type team, unless teams all start looking like the Warriors. And when and I, what I mean by that is skill set, people that can shoot, people that can be one through four, you know, and maybe a five that can dribble and stuff like that. And you have to be able to switch. Defense, the the way the defensive rules are set up, you have to be able to switch because the defensive rules are set up to they want people to score, score, score. It's, hey, hallelujah offense and F you to the defense at all times with the new rules. And if you can't switch one through five, then you're going to be hurting in the NBA. Come in, give it give it two or three years. See, see, give it two or see what two or three years, and you're going to be hurting if you cannot switch one through five. And I think the intensity that you bring day after day that my man is bringing back, to the Rockets, it's going to help them because if you're not practicing that on a daily basis, you're going to get your tail kicked in the NBA. Simple as that. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say. Now, with them getting him back, do you think the Rockets are going to get back on track and do you think they're going to have, let's say, a number two seed because the Nuggets are looking pretty damn good right now? Uh, first off, what are they paying my mans to come back out of retirement? I mean, you had an NBA salary and then you, you, you come back? Are they promising him a ring? Daryl Murray had to give him some some lucrative deal, so <laughs> but, but yeah, it's something lucrative. He probably gave him like a little bit of Houston, like he probably got gave him half of Houston. But <laughs> the keys to the city and yeah, shit, facts, facts, <laughs> like mayor, like type mayor type <laughs> shit. But uh, I think I think it might be a revamp because again, it's like the whole parents not home thing. Kids might be playing whatever like that. You give them some chores to do. They're probably not gonna do it. You know, once the once you leave, stop watching them. But you're right back there. You're watching them. You're overseeing them. And what are they doing? They're doing the chores right when you say get it done. So it's just a, a, a added um, maturity, a added kind of figure there that's going to help them implement what they want to implement and go through the stuff they need to do to win games. Cool. Moving on, we got new beef 
in the NBA, a NBA. So when I say soft that, beef, soft. <laughs> soft beef, man. Hey, it's a new era, man. Let these soft niggas journey. It's like that. It's turkey. Um, <laughs> it's turkey. So, so this past Monday, November 9th, um, the Celtics squared off against the nine and one Nuggets, and they lost one fifteen to one oh seven. Um, and the matchup of the night was we can arguably say Kyrie versus Jamal Murray now. The two were going at it, and Kyrie was actually very efficient. You know, he got his legs back after his surgery. He ended up with 31 points, was very efficient, like I said, 13-17 from the field, uh, to go along with five assists and five rebounds. So you think those stats were nice, right? Nah. How about Jamal Murray, who went for a career-high 48 points, shooting 19 of 30 from the field? Now, the reason why I'm bringing this game up is because towards the end of the game, like I said, uh, the Nuggets were up 115-107. clock was going down. And Jamal Murray decided to take a three-point shot to get, you know, damn near at least 50 points. Um, And, you know, after the game was over, Kyrie was very, very upset. He grabbed the ball. He threw that joint in the stands, and he just rocked. And because of that, he got fined 25K. And I just want you guys to listen to the audio of what Kyrie commented on about Jamal Murray trying to shoot the shot to get 50 points. So my thing is, first and foremost, before I even comment on this, the Celtics were projected to be the number one seed in the East, um, and they're supposed to be the team that can dethrone the Warriors. Obviously, DeMarcus Cousins is in the mix, so that's going to be pretty tough. But as far as the depth and as far as them being able to actually defend and switch on all positions, this is the team that's that was projected to be the most formidable team. Right now, what, they're 6-4 and four right now. So I think Kyrie is stressed because they're on a losing streak and they're not where they're supposed to be. So I think that was built up, plus the, uh, Murray busting their ass was built up. Um, but my thing is, like, at first when I when I heard about it, at first I was like, I mean, let homie just go for 50 points. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's young. It's whatever. Like, at the end of the day, is you, you the game, the, 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 the clock isn't, you know, drained down already, so you can take the shot. But at the end of the day, I had to think about that, too. And Kyrie brought it up to me. Like, if you it's, – it's cool trying to go for stats, but, like, like Kyrie said, like, you should get that joint, like, when it matters most, not when the clock is, like, going down and no one's playing defense. So I think that was kind of disrespectful, and I feel like that's, like, an unspoken rule in which you shouldn't shoot the ball like that. You know what I'm saying? That's some shit you probably do in 2K. When I play 2K now, I don't even shoot the joint. I just, you know, let it rock, and it's whatever. It's a respect thing. So, like, what are your thoughts on this whole beef they got? Um, Do you agree with Kyrie? Do you think he should have thrown his stands? Like, like, what are your thoughts on everything? I think – Kyrie gonna cry in the car. He gonna cry in the car. Because, yo, like, dude gave you 48 points, man. Whether it's you or your teammates, he dropped 48 points. He he dropped 48 points. 48 of those that could have been 51 if he had hit the third in the game were 48 good regulation points. And since y'all decided to stop playing defense because he roasted y'all for the whole game and the clock's running out and y'all ain't got nothing to play for in the last 10 minutes and you're not putting the hand up... Why, why are you going to be mad? You should have been mad the last 48 shots. You should have been smooth mad the last 48 shots. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any problem 
with with competition. I don't have any problem with competition, bro. And the clock's not run out. It's still competition. I understand that there's rules and regulations, quote unquote. You know what I'm saying? Just like the whole baseball rules and stuff like that. You don't pitch inside to somebody. Like, man, slide that to the left. Yo, come on, bro. Come on. 48 of those were good points. If he decided to throw up a three, put your hand in his face. Easy. Keep playing defense. He's clearly still playing offense. There's still time on the clock. I... I wouldn't be mad about that. I would be upset about the way we performed on defense. You can be mad at any other thing. But at the end of the day, him shooting that last shot is not why he had 48 points. It's not why you should be mad. You should have been mad at the process. Everything happens for a reason. The only reason he shot that shot is because he had 48 points. He's trying to get to 50. Come on, Kyrie. Come on, bro. And I think that's the only reason why he shot, too. Because if he had, like, a smooth 32, he's going to let that joint. Like, he's going to let the the, the, the he gonna let it ride. Yeah, he's going to let it ride. So, um, I think, like I said, I think it was more so his frustration with everything that's built up. Um, so, we're definitely going to see what's good with that. What I'm excited about is when they play each other again in Boston. Facts. Kyrie might actually go for 50 just Facts. because. So, uh, we're going to see how it pans out. I, and I like Murray, too. You know, I was watching his highlights the other day. Yeah. Homie got a clip. You know, whatever Kyrie does to him in Boston is not going to be more disrespectful than what C.J. Miles did to uh, Dante the other night. Okay? <laughs> that was sick. C.J., CJ, stop it. Somebody should put CJ on timeout. What he did to Dante, after Dante, he just came out of college, bro. He, he's a rookie, okay? He, he's trying to figure out the NBA. He just won an uh, uh, NCAA championship. And then you go out there, you take his ankles, you score 40 points on him. Oh, stop it, CJ. CJ's in timeout. But again, Kyrie's going to come at his head. I understand. He's going to come out Murray's head when they're in Boston. And I'm happy to see that. You know what? If he doesn't, if he doesn't score more than... Murray that game and if he doesn't win the game then Kyrie should shut the heck up right now and don't say anything else so we'll be watching that we'll remember keep that same energy Kyrie keep that same energy bro words of Jimmy Butler and, that, and, and, I, and I like that you know what I'm saying like I truly feel like in today's NBA you know the players control the narrative the players are the story now you know it's not like the NFL where it's a do as I say league so these players have power and I think it's it's great for the NBA to have a little beef so um, you know hopefully there's more to come you know we already got the Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond beef so I wonder what's going to be next uh, shout out to the commission man he, uh, he understands that he understands what- the people he understands what other leagues are doing that that's not going to work in the future. Definitely, if we're going in the direction that we should be going in, in this uh, in this society, in this era, bro, like the whole shoes thing, uh, the deals that he's making, um, and just letting players be players at this point. Um, shout out to him. Shout out to the league is pushing it forward rather than regressing, and hopefully we continue that. Way better than David Stern. Way better. Way better. Um, and before we even stop with the whole Celtics drama, there's actually been some breaking news a little earlier today, and apparently there's rumors that Terry Rozier isn't satisfied with his minutes he's playing right now. And right now, I think he's a career low in about everything, and apparently he wants to get traded. And what's crazy is I actually had a dream, I swear to you, about two, three weeks ago when Brad Stevens and Terry Rozier were actually in an argument. And I think Brad Stevens was talking a little bit of smack. I think Terry Rozier wanted to figure out, like, yo, like, are you are you messing with me or not? Like, what's good? Yeah. And then Brad Stevens was kind of being fake towards him a little bit. And then I just remember my dream very, very vividly. Rozier said, trade me then. Trade me then. Trade me then. And that was funny that we're hearing this right now, which is, which is so crazy. So my question to you is, do you trade him? And if you do trade him, where should he go? Now, my thoughts were... The league is talented as hell. Like, there's basically a damn near point guard in every in, in, in on every single team. But 
I kind of believe in his talents. I think, you know, if he keeps developing his craft, he can help build something. So it'll be kind of lit if he was like the starting point guard for like Phoenix or something like that. Um, but what are your thoughts on the whole trade thing and where, if you had a trade and where would you put him? Hey, bro, if you out here prophesizing, man, go ahead and turn that into a prophet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> put that on your resume, man. Come on. You, you say, I, I had a dream, bro. You had a burning bush or whatever yeah, like man, that. They don't call me Caesars for nothing, man. Hey, hey. <laughs> but um, there's, there's a few things I think that Terry could do. He could be cool, but I, I know how Terry plays. I see him. I, I, I kind of know the person that he is, bro. And if you coming at him like... He, he he has too much pride to to like just sit back and play second fiddle when he knows he balled for that squad last year. Other than that last game when when the Cavs got them, but he balled for that squad, man. He he deserves the deal. When I say he deserves, oh, he to get gonna paid. get the deal. He don't get paid, but at the same time, I, I'm looking around and know who you're playing behind too because Kyrie's just as much of a question mark, if not more sometimes than Terry Rozier, and uh, it's tough because I'm, I'm, I would, I'd be asking him. A prideful person who's already put the work in to be humble while while the whole Kyrie situation plays out this year. And I'm not saying I know this, but you know how Kyrie's been the last few seasons. He's had injuries, he has nagging here and there. He'll be out for a few games. And who's going to step up and be the hero? Terry. Now, what's bad about that plan is, okay, you might step up. You might save the day this time. You guys might make it to the finals this time. But at the end of the day, they're going to still renew Kyrie's deal and they're going to be paying you less, Terry. Well, we don't know if he's going to renew his deal because when you were saying questions, the thing that I was concerned about, like you said, was the injury. So I would keep Terry Rozier as a safety net. I wouldn't trade him because what if Kyrie hurts his knee again? You need a point guard. You ain't going to start Marcus Smart. So I would keep him. Don't trade him. If you lose him, you lose him. It is what it is. But just know, Rozier, stay with this. This is a once-in-a-lifetime where you're going to get to play with this talent. You guys have the potential to go to the finals. And like we said, history repeats itself. Kyrie may knock on wood. He may get injured. So that's you stepping up right there. And you're going to get paid regardless. And you're going to play longer. You're going to play a lot longer, bro. (laughs) More durable, man. Uh, (laughs) Moving on from that, man. I want to let you guys, I don't know if you guys watch Harry Potter or anything like that, but that was one of my, you know, childhood, you know, books, you know, growing up and watching movies and whatnot. Very, very good story. Right. Harry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there was a comment from John Wall, Wizards, that's what I'm saying, Harry Potter. He said, in quote, Harry Potter is the only wizard that can save this team. And at this point, we're ass. Um, right now, the Wizards are 2-8 and eight in the Eastern Conference and now have the third worst record in all of the NBA. And not only that, out of all 30 teams in the NBA, they have the second worst defense in points per game allowed at a 120.5. And right now, they're dead last in rebounds, averaging damn near under 40. Now, this is kind of shocking because if you would have told me in the offseason that you would have keep your focal point in John Wall, Bradley Beal, out of Porter, you know, improving, Uber improving, Morris is still there. And then you add a Dwight Howard, who damn near averaged 16 to 10 last year, still a great defensive presence. You add a great backup in Austin Rivers, who's proven he can be a nice, solid, you know, uh, point guard off the bench. And then you have championship pedigree, just someone who's gritty in the Jeff Green. Um, knowing that LeBron left the East, making it wide open, and knowing that John won't miss half of the season last year, um, you would think that this team would be in discussion for being at least the top four team in the East, um, even depending on, and, and, you know, depending on matchups, you know, they could possibly get to the conference finals. Um, 
But, you know, this is a team that I've been supporting for a while because obviously they are local. They're now in big trouble. Um, you know, you have rumors of players not getting along. You have players not holding each other accountable um, based on their play and what I'm seeing. Players not communicating communicating on the defensive end. Um, and, you know, players just not looking like they're locked into the game. Um, you know, these players, a lot of them on the roster, kind of like the Lakers, are on expiring contracts. Um, so there's been rumors saying that they're not playing for each other, but playing for another contract once the season's over to get that money. And it looks like Scott Brooks has just lost the team um, as well, too. They don't even have an identity anymore. Um, so what are your thoughts on the Wizards' state of mind? And like I said, you know, with the whole Russ situation, should we panic for the Wizards? Um, is it time for a breakup? What's next for them? Because, and I'm not even saying that, I'm sorry for that. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I, I really don't know. Like, part of me wants them to break up. Part of me doesn't want them to break up because I think they can figure out. Because I was looking up some um, some analytics from a couple years ago. And in the 2013-14 season, they actually started off 2-7 and seven, ended up making it to the second round of the playoffs. And then in the 2016-2017 season, that year they lost to Boston, they started off 2-8 and eight and still got to the semifinals. So, what are your thoughts on everything? Um, shout out to the Wizards. Uh, Y'all might not know this, but I've been in training camp with the Wizards uh, when they come to Richmond. So the last two years uh, before this, I've been down there with their training camp and stuff like that. I've practiced with Bill, rebounded for a wall, uh, dapped up Kelly, all that stuff like that. Scott Brooks and, and company are amazing. So shout out to you guys, even though it's a tough time. But, 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 but as far as the sake of the, sake of the podcast goes, I, I got to say this, I got to say this. Right now, it really feels like you know, you dating a girl, and, and we and we all been together for a while, but stuff's just not going well. It's not going well, and you know what happens? Every time it goes bad, y'all fight, y'all y'all make up, and you realize that y'all are doing this in a cycle, in a cycle. Mm. And what we love right now, what we really love, is we love the thought of being together more than we really like being together. Damn. The Wizards love the thought of being together more than they really like being together. Damn. And right, and at that point. Hey fellas, y'all know it's time for a breakup, bro. It's time you don't you don't want to say it, you don't want to admit it, you you don't want to go through the heartbreak. But and deep down, you know. But deep down, you uh, find himself it's gonna hurt. You don't know. No, but, but yo, <laughs> shout out Usher. Um, <laughs> but deep down, you know it's time to go, bro. Like that's is burning everything. You got you you have to to fix it. You have to change and. It should have been from a Wizards front office standpoint. This joint should have happened like two, three years ago. But y'all just in an unhappy marriage, bro. Like at this point, I don't know who it is, whether it's star players, coaches, or maybe even, again, the management. But you guys have to change something, bro. Because are, are we really happy being a DC? Are we really happy being second place? Which is, I think, is the best we were like a few years ago. But we we were we were coming together say oh let's get, be second place because you know LeBron was over there or the, you know but now I was telling people this year I was like I love my Wizards but I don't know if we're even gonna be top five lo and behold right now we're not top five and and don't judge a book by its cover it's the start of the season uh hand, hand to the sky but yo this does not look good at all we have some hungry teams out there we got Boston Toronto Indy. The Sixers. Milwaukee. 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 Oh, what? Milwaukee, bro. I don't know who wants to guard Giannis on the Wizards squad. I don't know. And don't have Dwight Howard out there trying to guard him. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right. But I, it, it hurts me, man, because I've seen these guys. Uh, I've been right around them, and it's tough, but I just feel like something has to change for it, it to get better. And sometimes you got you to gotta walk 
on alone by yourself. You got to change it and to see what happens. And right now, I don't. I think we're scared to change it because we we keep bringing up the same stuff. We're bringing on like One Piece. I didn't think the White House was a great movie, to be honest. But he was the move that was available. So I mean, he's an upgrade from Gorta. I'll tell you that. Bruh, 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 bruh. But yeah, the Wizards, man. Again, management has to do something. Y'all gotta overhaul this thing, man. Y'all gotta, yeah, y'all gotta yeah. fix it. And I like that analogy with the relationship when you know it's dying. Um, you just like the good moments. You you think it can work, but in reality, you know deep down it's not gonna work. So maybe it's the fear of starting over. But man, management just doesn't want to do that, and they see the the talent with this team, nice. the, this core. Um, but it just makes no sense when you have that much talent. Like, what are you doing? But I think if it's any team that can flip that switch, and knowing you're in the Eastern Conference, I think they can push to get a top eight seed. But I don't know. And LeBron, I mean, not LeBron, John Wall just signed this super max deal where he's going to basically double up what he's earning next year. And if he gets traded next year, they said that whatever he gets traded to, mm-hmm. they have to give him 15% up front. Wow. Yeah, so he's getting paid. And at this point, where's John going, though? Like, so it's, yo, again, like a breakup, it's cheaper to keep her. Like, for real. Now, shout out John with all respect, but it's cheaper to keep her at this point. And we're talking, like, analogy-wise, bro. Like, who's going to take that contract in the league? Who? Like, maybe, like, an Orlando or something like that? Somebody that really has some money? I don't I don't know where John will go. And I feel like the Wizards might be really cautious of, of doing the complete, like, change of their organization because they're wasting the best years of the, probably one of the best players that they've ever, ever had. Mm. That, that's what be it. You know, Gilbert Arenas, he was doing numbers and stuff pow, like that. Pow, pow, Yeah, pow, pow, pow. They had, they had uh, the late great, and the late great, I mean, late in his career, <laughs> and great Michael Jordan. But really? <laughs> Chill, bro. Hey, yo, Gilbert again, have you seen his uh, his web series, his YouTube stuff? Hey, nah, no, no, you yeah. got to watch Gilbert's send, YouTube Send me that link. Send me yeah, that I link. got you, I got you. He's really good. Like, anybody that's, like, aspiring hoopers, kids coming up, or if you, like, teaching kids, tell them to watch Gilbert Arena's YouTube videos. He's great. He's talking about inside, the inside and outs of playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Not not all the, yeah, right, right, right. He's talking about, yo, if A, I mean, if one plus one equals two, then I'm going to do it. Like, simple as that. Gilbert Arenas is real in his videos. But back to it, I think they're scared to waste the best years of the best player they've had in recent history. The fear of moving on and starting over, man. Fear of moving just on and like starting relationship. over. Just like relationship. And then, and then it made me think about like a relationship again where you're just like, who, who who's going to want that? <laughs> who Who's going to want these damaged goods right now? You know what I'm saying? So my thing is, just let it ride. And when it ends, it ends. And then, you know, you, you just got to start over, clear the deck, and, and try to get some draft picks. But we'll definitely see what's going on. Do you think the Wizards – okay, another question for yeah. you. If you're the GM and you had to trade someone by trade deadline, obviously there's two people you'd have to trade one of the two. Are you trading John Wall or are you trading Bradley Beal and why? <sighs> uh, I know people talk about stats and all that stuff like that. And they say – when you say, oh, well – you say I, I trade Bill, and he's like, "Oh, but like statistically, Bill does this, that, and the third. Ah, man, shout out my man's Bill. Uh, I'd have to get rid of Bill. I already signed John Wall to the Supermax deal. I don't think anybody's taking him from a strategic standpoint. I don't think they're if I put him on a trade bot, they're taking him because nobody really wants to pay that much money. They want a leap point guard, but they're not going to pay that much money. So I'd have to deal Bill, some other people, and we still have to build into the draft and free agency. If if I'm just going to be smart about it." Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that breakup thing—you break up, and then you see what y'all both healthy, y'all y'all getting a little bit chunky together. Y'all break up, 
You see her, she new, she she bad, bro. She bad as I don't know what you like. It's always yo. after you break up with them, they become badder. And she went that and she went that new guy. And what's he doing? He's doing well. <laughs> yeah, facts, facts, facts. So yeah. I feel like whatever happens in, in the breakup coming, because we know it's about to be a breakup, whatever happens in the breakup coming. Yo, you gotta win. You can't go out sad. Was it? You cannot go out sad. You have to come out on top of that breakup. And for for the sake of DC, DC rising and Wall, Bill, and the whole the whole DMV, bro. I hope y'all get that joint right because y'all haven't got it right this far. Because we shouldn't be talking about why we're last seed in the conference and stuff like that. Come on now. Now, do you think they have the ability to? If they don't, if they if they stay if they stay packed. Stay tacked. Do you think they have a chance to make the playoffs? Knowing that they're two and eight right now. Oh yeah, yeah. They're definitely a playoff contender. I would never put them out of playoff contender. What I take what I take them out of was top five. Cause top five, top five. Top, top five, 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 top five. But everybody else is hungry, bro. Super, super duper hungry. They're growing, they're becoming better teams. Uh Philly, not so much. Uh uh. But <laughs> Yeah, they're in playoff contention definitely. No matter, I don't feel like whenever, no matter what happens this season, the Wizards will definitely be in the playoffs come May and April for the NBA. That's disrespectful if you say it or not. <laughs> cool, true, true. Last thing I want to talk about today is NBA All Star selection being televised. Yes, you heard it here first. The NBA All Star selection is going to be televised. Um, this is some breaking news, um, and and I love this because first and foremost they changed the format last year, and they're like, yo, well, let's let's encourage you know a bigger outreach. Let's encourage players to be more competitive. So what we're going to do is we're going to t- we're going to take the top player from the top vote getter from the East and the top vote getter from the West, and from there. They're, I mean, the fans are going to get to choose the starting five. And then from there, the coaches are going to choose the reserves. But after all that happens, you put all of them in a pool. And then the top vote getter from the East and top vote getter from the West are going to choose who they want. Right. So that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, I like it because everyone's going to tune into it. Social media is going to go crazy. And everyone's going to be seeing who gets, who's going to be the first pick. And people are going to roast whoever's going to be the last pick. And I think in the NHL, when they have the All-Star Games, to basically basically make up for whoever's the last pick, they get a free car. So that would be kind of dope if they can implement some prize that you get. But I love this. Um, I think the league's going in, in the right direction. I think it's going to be even be even more competitive. Um, so I, I like where it's going. What are your thoughts on this, man? Um, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. Again, shout out to the league, man. Y'all know what y'all are doing in this era of other leagues not really knowing where they're going if they're going to stay if they're going to be here in a decade or not um what i would love to see happen is stuff go ahead and get the votes for the western conference and pick the warriors just pick the warriors and then let whoever on the east or whoever the top two the other vote getter gets Pick whoever he wants to get, but just pick the Warriors, the Warriors versus the league, and let's see what happens. Let's settle the debate right now. Because if the Warriors beat the rest of the league, then just, you know, expand, break the Warriors apart because you're not going to have any fun in the NBA for the next few years. But that would be hilarious to me. But, again, I think it will be super competitive. I'm a high-key, again, a pickup basketball player, a basketball player, a basketball junkie. I want to be a GM one day. I want to see this. I want to see it live. And it's drama. Is it drama that doesn't mean too much? Of course. That's what All-Star Break is. It's about entertainment. It's about the oohs and ahs. But this is 
the right thing to do. It's the now, it's progressive, and it's competitive. It's what every hooper that plays on a daily basis wants to see. Yeah, and I'm trying. I'm kind of curious to see who's going to get because LeBron's transitioned from the east to the west. Right. So it's like, damn, it's competition now. Like, is it going to be Curry or is it going to be LeBron? And last year, if I'm correct, I may be a little off. LeBron only beat Curry by like 300,000 votes. This year, Curry's been on a social tear. But then again, LeBron has won more fans yeah. going to the Lakers. Yeah. So I think LeBron's going to get the, be the top vote getter in the in the west. Then in the East, I think it's a toss-up between Giannis and between Joel Embiid. Mm. Who do you think would who you think would get selected? Giannis for the people or Joel Embiid? Yo, Joel Embiid is undefeated, almost undefeated as far as the internet goes. Uh, he knows how to play. He knows the things to say. That dude, he he just spins it, and nobody can tell him nothing, bro. He's the ultimate. He's like, and and this is far fetched, but he's like the six nine of NBA internet users. You know what I'm saying? Like this dude trolls you. He talks. He does what he wants to on the internet, and he comes out on top a lot of the times. Whether it's something against him or whatever, like whether he gets beat one night, they're still talking about him. They still love Joel Embiid one because he's healthy. He's playing. He's healthy, yeah. bro. That's that's all they care about right now as far as Joel Embiid goes. Modern so, day Hakeem. I would love to see Joel Embiid. I I can't think of anybody else in the East. I wouldn't give it to Kyrie. Kyrie kind of he has that because it's a popularity thing at the end of the day. Yeah. So I, it would be cool. Aura. Wouldn't that be funny? I'm sorry. Wouldn't that be funny if Kawhi won that joint? Oh, it would be so awkward oh. on TV. I would campaign. I would, yo, I would so campaign. Yo, we might campaign. have to do that. Hashtag yo, Kawhi. Hashtag Kawhi. Kawhi for for cap, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he probably be laughing to do bro, that. Bro, what? <laughs> I don't think Kawhi would show up. I think he's sending like an absentee ballot, bro. Right. <laughs> he probably would do that with shit. On, on behalf of Kawhi or Leonard. His, or his uncle might pull up saying, yeah, I'm picking for him. No, facts, facts, facts. But I would love to see Kawhi be a captain, like, hands down. Kawhi doesn't get the credit he deserves. We should love Kawhi while he's here. He's a cool, no internet, old throwback. Yo, Kawhi's in the living room just chilling person. He's not on that hype stuff. Kawhi's just, yo, we should love and respect Kawhi while he's here. For sure, for sure. So it's definitely going to be exciting, and I can't wait um, until this happens live. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, I might like just you know be watching and tape it live or something like that in the future. Who knows? Yeah. Anyways, what I like to leave my guests with a question is, who is your if if this who who right now who who would be your MVP for the league right now? My MVP right now for the league right now right now. Stephen Curry, yeah. My mine is Kawhi Leonard. Um, just based on I, I, I just feel like with the NBA, they love a storyline, and the fact that he only played nine games last year, went to a, a new team. Everyone thought that he was a product of the Spurs system, and going to a new team in Toronto, and they're ten and one right now. Um, he's he's been playing great, and he's not even at his peak yet. I can see why you're saying Curry because he's just on another level. He reminds me of that year they went seventy three and nine, um, yeah. and he got Katie on his squad right now. Yeah. So it's definitely crazy. Um, who would be for you in the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, Western, no-brainer. Um, Golden State Warriors. I don't see anything that changing. Who are they going to play against, though? They will be playing against... Whew. See, that's where coaching really comes into play. I think the yeah. Eastern Conference Finals is going to be Boston, Toronto. Oh, yeah. And a hey, Shout out to Kawhi. Let's 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 give it to Kawhi this time. I, I said if Kawhi and the Raptors get the number one seed, that's easy. They go into the finals. Yeah, if they're healthy too. Obviously, health is the biggest key. Home court healthiness. It's just Kawhi hasn't shown me 
anything that he can do. Like, dude, the dude at at no point has he been overrated. Okay, yeah. like Kawhi is as advertised because he isn't advertised enough, bro. Come on now. And the West, who you got the Warriors playing against, man? Uh, in the Western Conference Finals? Yeah. Whoo! That might that might be a toss up this year, to be honest. But if if we're gonna go with logic here, we're going with logic. We're gonna have to go with Houston. So you think Houston's gonna get everything back together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what if LeBron figures something out? What if a trade happens? That's not happening. The emerging Nuggets, great, but they're young. Shout out to the teams in the Western Conference that have been building off of the draft and are getting good. A swipe to Fox. Have you seen my man's De'Aaron Fox play lately? Yeah. Dude, dude's different, and nobody wants to guard a left-handed that's that left-hander that's that fast. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. So shout out to them. But I'm I'm going with Golden State and uh, the Blazers. Always disappoint me, bro. They always disappoint me. Uh, I can't even say the Pelicans. What about OKC? Ah, that w- that would be crazy. But I don't see OKC standing up against them. I feel like the Houston Rockets are gonna get back on track. And then Utah hasn't figured things out yet either. Yeah, but they took OKC. They beat OKC last year, and I could see them doing that again. Donovan Mitchell's only getting more mature. The team is—they're a damn good team over there in Utah. Uh, who I really want to see come like as a dark horse, and this is not my pick. Because my pick is the Houston Rockets. But I would love to see the the Blazers get it together, win a win a series, and then start mixing it up as far as the playoff goes in the Western Conference. Just like get deeper into the playoffs instead of losing like to 80 or something like that. So get a good seed. Blazers become a dark horse. And CJ and Dame go off. Because y'all deserve it. Y'all been playing. Y'all been going crazy. Y'all deserve it. Y'all need a more supporting cast. But y'all deserve it. But yeah. Hey, man. You said it earlier. The West is running gun. The East slows it down. And who is the true East kid, the former beast of the East, LeBron James? Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I think they can probably beat anybody outside the Warriors in the seven-game series. I got to see how Houston is, but I think they can beat any other team. And the, and the game slows down in the playoffs. So it's going to be real scary with LeBron if they figure things out. But Who's your starting five in the playoffs for the Lakers? Starting five? Yeah, right now, off the roster right now. Right now? Yep. Lonzo at one. Josh Hart at two. Okay. Brian Kuzma and then JaVale okay. McGee. Or if they want to use the newly acquired uh, Tyson Chandler. Okay. But I'll probably put JaVale at the five. Not bad. Uh, I'm going with... Because I, I, I like Ingram too, but I just feel like LeBron needs more floor spacing. Facts. Facts. I'm going with... Uh, this is no order of one, two, three, or four, but we'll go from Just here. five. It's, bl- right, it's right. positionless basketball now, yeah, so go yeah, ahead. Okay. I'm going with JaVel. So, we will go JaVel v. McGee. Um, Lance. Kuz. LeBron. Rondo. Bro, no. <laughs> bro, no. That's, that's no shooting at all, bro. It's no shooting? No. I feel like Lance can Lance, get his first shot. Lance is going to hit shots? He can hit shots, but he hasn't been too consistent. Who was going to hit shots in your lineup? Lonzo is improved. Oh, my I think gosh. When he, I think when he plays with LeBron James, his his game is elevated. His Josh Hart, Josh Hart is a dead-eye sniper. And then you have LeBron, who has improved every single year. And then, you, like you said, Kuzma. That's three other. That's four. That's four shooters right there. Rondo, no. 
Rondo Lance is. I rather have Lance off the bench. He's like an energizer bunny to me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I want I want him to come in and you know play make and get buckets for everyone. I mean get buckets. So. I mean, it really just depends, man. I'm giving Brandon Ingram space off the bench to do whatever he needs to exactly. do. Exactly. You thrive. Yeah, thrive. That's why I'm not playing him with Lance. Sorry. And uh, go ahead and let him drive and let him get that 20 points. Sorry, 15. Give, give me 15 Brandon Ingram in the playoffs and we'll be good. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to see, man. That's what, That was episode 42 of the Caesars show. I have my boy Trey up here. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what's your IG, man? Uh, my IG is, my IG, okay, Instagram is Trey Day. That's T-R-E-D-A-Y-X-X-I-V, like 24, like Kobe, like Mamba mentality. I said it's Trey Day, T-R-E-D-A-Y-X-X-I-V, man. Come follow me. Any last words you want to say? Uh, nah, bro. I appreciate you, man. I see what you're doing, bro. Hey, this is grown. I remember the first one of the first few shows I was listening, man. I was like, dang, see, see, got Caesar's got his show going. It's cool, whatever, like that, bro. You've been consistent. You've been doing the thing, and you, bro, you're getting better and better, bro. So I love to see it, man. You're a real OG, true friend, bro. So uh, shout out to you, man. I wish you all the best, and I can't wait to come back up, bro. For sure, for sure, for sure. That was great. It was nice having you. Finally got you up here. So yeah, we're definitely seeing the future, man. You know, I'm always excited to have reoccurring guests. So. Let's let's definitely make that happen. But ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to episode 42 of the Caesar Show. Make sure to subscribe, rate, comment, like, do what you got to do, spread the love. I'm available on iTunes Podcast Connect and SoundCloud. With that being said, I'm out.